Section eight of the Training of a Forester by Gifford Pinchot. This LibriVox recording is in a public domain. The Trained Forester. To each forest where timber cutting has become important, there are signed one or more forest assistants or forest examiners. These are professionally trained foresters. They are subordinate upon each forest to the supervisor as a manager, but it is their work which has most to do with deciding whether the forest service in general is to be successful or is to fail in the great task of preserving the forest by wise use. The forest assistant secures his position with the service by passing an examination devised to test his technical knowledge and his ability. After he has served two years as forest assistants, the quality and quantity of his work will have determined his fitness to continue in the employ of the government. If he is unfit, he may be dropped, for there are many young and ambitious men ready to step into his place. If he makes good, he is promoted to the grade of forest examiner and is put definitely in charge of certain lines of professional work, always, of course, under the direction of the supervisor, of whom he becomes the adviser on all problems involving technical forestry. The most important tasks of the trained forester on a national forest are the preparation of working plans for the use of the forest by methods which will protect and perpetuate it as well, and the carrying out of the plans when made. This is forestry in the technical sense of the word. It involves a thorough study of the kinds of timber, their amount and location, their rate of growth, their value, the ease or difficulty of their reproduction, and the methods by which the timber can be cut at a profit, and at the same time the reproduction of the forest can be safely secured. A working plan usually includes a considerable number of maps, which often have to be drawn in the first place from actual surveys on the ground by the forest examiner. These maps contain the information secured by working plan studies and are of the first necessity for the wise and skillful handling of the forest. They often constitute, also, most important documents in the history of its condition and use. On many of the national forests, the need for immediate use of the timber is so urgent and so just that there is no time to prepare elaborate working plans. Timber sales must be made, and made at once, but they must be made nevertheless, in a way that will fully protect the future welfare of the forest. Whether working plans can be prepared or not, a most important duty of the technical forester is to work out the conditions under which a given body of timber can be cut with safety to the forest, especially with safety to its reproduction and future growth. The principal study for a timber sale will usually include an examination of the general features and condition of the forest, and the determination of the diameter down to which it is advisable to cut the standing trees a diameter which must be fixed at such a size as will protect the forest and make the lumbering pay it will include also an investigation more or less thorough and complete as the conditions warrant of the silvical habits of one or more of the species of trees in that forest the areas which form natural units for the logging and transportation of the timber must be worked out and laid off and careful estimates or measurements of the amount of standing timber and of its value on the stump must be made as well as of the cost of moving it to the mill or to the railroad the forest examiner must also consider in many cases the building of logging roads or railroads timber slides etc and must make a careful study of the material into which the trees to be cut can best be worked up and of the value of such material in the market most of all however he must study think over and decide what he will recommend as to the conditions which are to govern the logging conditions by which the protection of the forest is to be ensured 
These conditions, fixed by his superiors upon the report of the forest examiner, determine whether an individual timber sale is forestry or forest destruction. This is the central question in the administration of the national forests from the national point of view. The principal objects of the conditions laid down for a timber sale are always the reproduction of the forest and its safety against fire. Natural reproduction from self-sown seed is almost invariably the result desired, and so the question of the seed trees to be left, and how they are to be located or spaced, is fundamental, unless there is ample young growth already on the ground. In the latter case, this young growth must not be smashed or bent by throwing the older trees on top of it or against it, and the young saplings bent down by the felled tops must be promptly released. In order to avoid danger to the young growth already present or to be secured, as well as to protect the older trees from fires, the slash produced in lumbering, the tops lopped from the trees up to and beyond the highest point to which the young lumbermen are required to take the logs, must be satisfactorily disposed of either by scattering it thinly over the ground, by piling and burning, or often by piling alone. These and many other conditions of sale must be studied out in a form adapted to each particular case, and must be discussed with the men who propose to buy, who often have wise and practical suggestions to make. Similar questions on a less important scale present themselves and must be answered in the matter of small timber sales, and of timber given without charge under free use permits to settlers and others. When the terms of a contract of sale have been worked out and accepted and the timber has been sold, then the forest assistant has charge of the extremely interesting task of marking the trees that are to be cut, in accordance with these terms. Usually this is done by marking all the trees which are to be felled, but sometimes by marking only the trees which are to remain. The marking is usually done by blazing each tree and stamping the letters U.S. upon the blaze with a government marking axe or hatchet. It must be done in such a way that the loggers will have no excuse either for cutting an unmarked tree or leaving a marked tree uncut, or vice versa, as the case may be. The marking may be carried out by the rangers and forest guards under supervision of the forest assistant, or in difficult situations he may mark or direct the marking of each tree himself. Marking is fascinating work. Later, while the logging is underway, the forest examiner will often inspect it to see that the terms of the sale are complied with, that the trees cut are thrown in places where they will not unduly damage either young growth or the larger trees which are to remain, and that the other conditions laid down for the logging in the contract of sale are observed. The scaling of the logs to determine the amount of payment to the government will many times be under his supervision, although in the larger sales this work, as well as the routine inspection of the logging, is usually carried out by a special body of expert lumbermen, who often bring to it a much wider knowledge of the woods than the men in actual charge of the lumbering. In nearly every national forest there are areas upon which the trees have been destroyed by fire. Many of these are so large or so remote from seed-bearing trees that natural reproduction will not suffice to replace the forest. In such localities, planting is needed, and for that purpose the forest examiner must establish and conduct a forest nursery. The decision on the kind of trees to plant and on the methods of raising and planting them, the collection of the seed, the care and transplanting of the young trees until they are set out on the site of the future forest, forms a task of absorbing interest. Such work often requires a high degree of technical skill, is likely to occupy a larger and larger share of the time and attention of the trained men of the forest service. The forest assistant's or examiner's knowledge of surveying makes it natural for him to take an important part in the laying out of new roads and trails in the forest, or in correcting the lines of old ones, and there is little work more immediately useful. 
the forest can be safeguarded effectively just in proportion to the ease with which all parts of it can be reached forest protection may be less technically interesting than other parts of the forester's work but nothing that he does is more important or pays larger dividends in future results in addition to his studies of the habits and reproduction of the different trees for working plans or timber sales or simply to increase his knowledge of the forest the forest examiner is often called upon to lay out sample plots for ascertaining the exact relation of each species to light heat and moisture or for studying its rate of growth he may find it necessary to determine the effect of the grazing cattle or sheep on young growth of various species and of various ages or to ascertain their relative resistance to fire in general what time he can spare from more pressing duties is very fully occupied with adding to his silvical knowledge by observation with studies of injurious insects or fungi of the reasons for the increase or decrease of valuable or worthless species of trees in the forest the innumerable secondary effects of forest fires the causes of the local distribution of trees or with some other of the thousand questions which give a never-failing interest to work in the woods the protection of a valuable kind of tree often depends upon the ability to find a use for and therefore to remove a less valuable species which is crowding it out for as yet the american forester can do very little cutting or thinning that does not pay just so the protection of a given tract against fire may depend upon the ability to use and therefore to remove a part or the whole of the dead and down timber which now makes it a fire trap for such reasons as these the uses of wood and the markets for its disposal form exceedingly important branches of study for the forest examiner who will usually find that his duties require him to be thoroughly familiar with them it is more and more common to find each forest officer ranger forest examiner or supervisor combining in himself the qualities and the knowledge required to fill any or all of the other positions the professionally trained man who develops marked executive ability is likely to become a supervisor just as a ranger with the necessary training and experience who may wish to devote himself to civical investigations may be transferred to that work the point is that each man has individual opportunity to establish and occupy the place for which he is best fitted the success of the technical forester like that of the ranger and indeed of nearly every government forest officer in whatever position or line of work will very frequently depend on his good judgment and practical sense the chief ingredient of which will always be his knowledge of local needs and conditions and his sympathetic understanding of the local point of view this does not mean that the local point of view is always to control on the contrary the forest officer must often decide against it in the interest of the welfare of the larger public but the desires and demands of the users of the forest should always be given the fullest hearing and the most careful consideration to this rule there is no exception whatsoever end of section eight